Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Um, I actually have been really hearing from God a lot. It's been a season of growing and maturing and choosing to lean in. Can I get an amen? <laughs> We are on our way to a huge harvest and God is not gonna let us be unprepared for it. And so this is gonna be a hurt so good message, but one that I know is gonna unlock things on the inside of us. It's gonna give perspective that we need. It's gonna bring wisdom into areas of our heart that we've been actually lacking or needing. So it's gonna be good. But I actually, um, this was several months ago, but uh, we have smaller kids, our oldest is seven, and so whenever Mike and I are in the car with them, we try to, you know, they're at an age where they can hear, but we can't fight in front of them. Like, we don't like bickering or talking about serious things, and so we really try to save those types of conversations for when we're at home behind a closed door, but in the car sometimes, you know, I'm speaking to some parents, like, we'll be talking, and all three of our kids are in the back, and something will come up, and I'm like, babe, we, we should not be talking about this right now. We need to fight about this, but not right now. Like, we need to wait. And so there's this one time where um, I was dropping Mike off at his office, and so it was kind of getting a little tense, and so we finally pulled up, and he got out, and I, like, got out with him, and I, like, shut the door, and we just start, you know, working it out, <laughs> as married couples do. And so we're talking and we're talking and we're doing some more talking. And um, I mean, we're, we're actually pretty good at fighting. Like we don't, we don't cut each other where it hurts, but I'm, I am just as much feisty as I am sweet. <laughs> I've realized that about myself. And so we get to a conclusion like, okay, good, great. Have a good day at work. I get back in the car and my son goes, mom, did you know that I can hear everything? And I was like, what? He was like, everything. <laughs> just like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, you just heard my entire fight. I'm like, mommy loves daddy. Like, you don't have to worry. Don't even worry about it. That's grown up stuff. Like, it's okay. And it's a funny, sobering story. But as I was praying over this message, the Holy Spirit brought it to mind. Because how often do we put on the good face, and we have people that are watching us, but then in private, we'll just fly off the handle, and then we have these moments where God's like, I heard everything. <laughs> I heard everything, and in those moments, and in the last few months, God has been really showing me that there's no place that it is acceptable to go outside of the boundaries that's gonna be beneficial for what God is doing on the inside of us and as a church. And I wanna talk about it today with you guys. So the title of my message is, Be a Gold Digger, all right? Be a Gold Digger. Not the Kanye West Gold Digger, I'm talking about the Kingdom Gold Digger. And we're gonna go there today because God has given uh, me insight, and I'm walking through this. I've walked through it many times, and I know that we will continue to walk through seasons of our life where we have a choice to make. And God is actually measuring us. What we do today 
what we say today, how we pray today, how we interact with one another today will actually determine what God does next. And I don't know about you, but I know that for me and for Mike and for this house, we are strengthening our nets for the harvest that's to come, but it's going to take some work. It's going to take some discipline. It's going to take wisdom. And I believe that this message is for Awaken Eastlake. As we move into the next season, as we launch Coronado, as we grow, as we expand, even in our own families and our marriages, God wants to do a new thing, but it's going to require us to raise the level of accountability. Are we good for it? Okay, good. All right. So I'm going to throw a picture up. I did a little bit of research on the gold rush. So this is what it looked like in California, all through the Central Valley, back in the huge gold rush. And our heritage is built off of the backs of pioneers and people that had a promise and a dream of striking gold. And so they said yes to journeying from across all over, honestly, the world to come and begin to mine for gold. And this is an image from 1852. So um, California became a state greatly in part from the gold rush. And I know Pastor Leanne has prophesied, like, California is going to be golden again. Like, our banner is California, the golden state. It's because people came here to pioneer and to dig and to go into the places that other people weren't willing to go in order to strike gold. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we find ourselves in 2023 with the prospect of potential spiritual gold. We see the landscape, right? We see, and it, honestly, literally, if you've seen our building, it looks quite like this, actually. There's <laughs> trenches all through it, all through the concrete. But we have a dream and a promise of striking gold. But did you know that it starts with us? It starts with you. And so I want to take us through a little journey today of locating where we're at and equipping us so that we know how to handle what's to come. We, we know how to handle our relationships, our marriages, our friendships as we dig for the gold that God has promised, that we hear, that we prophesy week in and week out. Can I get an Amen. Amen. All right. Point number one. Messy hands find gold. Messy hands find gold. There's a scripture I want to read, Proverbs 14.4. It says, where there are no oxen, the manger is empty, sparkling clean. But from the strength of an ox come abundant harvests. And this scripture is a perfect locator of how we should view ourselves and the church. In order to find gold, we have to be willing to take on the mess that comes with it. Is the goal of the church to be clean and perfect? No, it's to actually establish the kingdom of God and see harvest come season after season. But where there is no ox in the manger is empty. Where the strength of an ox come, abundant harvest will follow. And the enemy would want nothing better than to keep us in a place where we're constantly trying to keep everything nice and squeaky clean, right? But that's not the point of church. That's not the point of the house of transformation. And it's not the journey of being a Christian. Are we willing to get our hands a little bit dirty? Are we willing to accept the fact that there's going to be some mess in order to see the harvest come? We can't freak out when relationships get messy. 
And I wanna, um, I wanna be vulnerable, you guys, and kind of share a little bit of my journey in embracing the mess and digging for gold because I actually, uh, a lot like Lori, and I love that she shared her testimony on this during communion, but I used to be kind of savage with relationships. Like, and all the way back to when I was little, and I, I would hide in sports because boys don't really care about being emotional, especially in sports. Like, you just kind of play a sport, and then you're done, and I could hide in it. And it wasn't until later on in life that I realized I was running away from the mess of relationships. And even in college, I had a nickname, like, serial dater, because I would go on one date, and then if things got too, like, oh, emotional, I would run away from it. So I would go on a lot of first dates and then not go on a second date. Until I met Mike, he broke through. He was like, you, you are kind of messed up and I'm not afraid of a mess. Let's go there. And I realized I'd actually never even allow God to see the messy side of who I am. So how could anybody else see the messy side of who I was? And in friendship, the same thing. I'd be savage. If somebody hurt me, I'd be like, okay, fine, I'm moving on. Who else wants to hang out? And God's like, uh, that's not how we do relationships. That is not how we do relationships. We journey with people through the valleys and the mountaintops. And I was doing some self-reflecting, and the Holy Spirit will do this with you. So, you know, you just got to buckle up with the Holy Spirit because he knows you, and he's, he's known you since you were in your mother's womb. And he, he showed me that the root of that actually went all the way back to when I was a little girl. My dad was in the military, and I moved from California to Virginia in the fourth grade, and then from Virginia to California in the sixth grade, and then from California to Texas in the ninth grade. And in all those years of, you know, coming out of being a little girl to middle school to high school, I realized that I shut down emotionally during those years because of the lack of acceptance, because of rejection, because of just when I was about to feel like I had close friends, we had to move again. And then going into high school, same thing. Like I, I went through different friendships and I just blocked it out. I blocked the pain out, I blocked the hurt out because I was afraid of the mess. I was afraid of the pain. I was afraid of actually allowing God to grow me in these different relationships. So I blocked it out. I blocked people out, but I let in a spirit of religion and a spirit of performance and perfection. And I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to make good grades. I wanted to prove to everybody that I was awesome so that nobody could get too close, that I wouldn't let anyone in to the messy side of being a human. <laughs> but as the scripture says, there's no harvest in a clean stable. If, if you want an abundant harvest in your marriage, if you want abundant harvest with the relationships that you have with your kids, if you want an abundant harvest in community and friendships, then it's actually going to take allowing some dirt and mess to surface. Can we be big enough and mature enough to say, you know what? I would rather have you at your lowest than not have you at all. I would rather have you dysfunctional and me even being collateral damage than not ever having the chance to actually have depth in relationship. Can we actually lean into the mess and be okay with the dirt? 
Because on the other side of that, if we can be a gold digger, we will strike gold every single time. I want you to take heart all through the Bible. In our lowest points is when God strengthens us. When David had his lowest point is when God came in and strengthened him. In Philippians, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. To be a strong ox, to bring forth the harvest, it's gonna, uh, it's gonna mean that we actually accept the fact that we are weak apart from Christ. We need him. When we run from the mess, we get weak. <laughs> when we run to performance, we're just fooling ourselves. We're not living out the gospel. When we are afraid of the dirt, we miss out on the harvest. So what do we do when we find ourselves in messy situations? What do we do when we find ourselves with dirt everywhere? Don't worry, I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> Point number two, mining is a process. Mining is a process. So as I was reading about the gold rush, uh, there was three tools that the miners used to, to separate the gold from the rock and the train. They used a pick, a pick, which was used to break up the pieces of rock. They used a shovel, a round-nose shovel to remove the dirt and the gravel, and then they used a pan. And they used a pan to separate the gold from the dirt. And I was reading that, I thought, that's honestly what God gives us. He gives us these tools, and then he puts us around each other in church as a family of God, and he says, okay, you have the tools. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You have the word of God. You have me, the Holy Spirit, actually filling you. Now go and dig the gold out. And the goal is always to separate the gold, the gold from the dirt. Separation in the Bible is actually the definition of holiness. Separation is what actually brings forth the gold from the dirt. I want to read a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 through 9. And Paul had to address uh, a lot that was happening in the church. So I'm going to read the scripture. It says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. You see, people had been dealing with jealousy and quarreling. That's literally what it says in the scripture right before he went into those verses. They had been using the tools given to them by God to hurt each other and damage one another instead of using the chisel in the proper way to get the dirt and the sediment off to retrieve the gold. And in the scripture, we see that we don't own people. We're not responsible for the harvest. It's God that brings the increase. But we are invited to be the family of God, to look at each other and to look at our relationships and go, you know what? Let's do this together. We are the field that God has given us to till and to dig into. And there's so much hidden treasure. All through the Bible, it talks about how God has hidden treasure in the earth for us to find, for believers to find. And it's not a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing. There is gold on the inside of you, but you can't retrieve it all by yourself. 
You can't be the only minor in your world. God didn't create you to be it like that. He gave other people tools. And I'm going to be honest, it's painful sometimes to have a pit come at you and be chiseling the dirt and the rock. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what, what are you doing to me? Can we be a safe place? Can we be a community, a church, a family that allows each other to go through a process but also takes accountability for what God is calling us into in this season? Don't rub in the dirt, dig for the gold. So this is, this is the context that the Holy Spirit showed me. Use your words like a pick to precisely bring out the gold, building each other up, not tearing each other down. Use your prayers like a shovel to bring people up and out of the darkness that they've been living in. Use your pan to separate the dysfunctions of somebody's past and show them the promises of their future. We have been given the tools to bring the gold out of one another, but can we be responsible and mature enough to use them properly? Say it again. All right, I'm gonna say it again. For the note takers, use your words like a pick to precisely bring out the gold, building each other up and not tearing each other down. Use your prayers like a shovel to bring people up and out of darkness. And use your pan to separate the dysfunctions of someone's past from the promises of their future. And here's the irony of this, you guys. We are all in process. So just as we have the tools, we are also the one needing to be mined. We are also the one needing somebody to come in and pull the gold out of us. That's what we have in each other. We will be there through. We will be there through the valley. This is what we're talking about. There's a quote that says, anyone can find the dirt in someone. Be the one to find the gold. It's like a very popular Pinterest poster. <laughs> But it actually comes, the inspiration is a Proverbs. In Proverbs eleven twenty seven. it says, Whoever seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to one who searches for it. What a sobering scripture. What you will look for, you will find. How you treat people, that's how they're going to respond to you. And there's a level of accountability that God is inviting us into. Can we choose to see the good? Can we choose to see the gold? Can we choose to be the ones that use our words like arrows to prophesy and not tear down? I want to ask you guys a few questions that the Holy Spirit can use to locate you. So this is the first question. What kind of minor are you going to be? One that handles with care one, or one that damages the gold? that shovels the dirt and picks, not at the sediment, but the actual gold itself? And this is the second question. Can you let God and others mine the gold in your own heart? Can you be discipled? Our commission as believers is to go out and make disciples of all men. But can you, once you surrender your life to Christ, actually allow yourself to be discipled? It's a two-way street. Are you honest with God about the dirt in your own heart and life? Courage, I found, sometimes comes in the form of kindness and love. Courage sometimes comes in the form of honesty and vulnerability. And courage sometimes comes in the form of grace. Actually choosing grace. 
And maturity is using the chisel properly, how it was intended to be used. Can we use our chisels to break off the sediment without damaging the gold? And here's the thing, you guys. I've had myself and all of you in this room, nobody's excluded from this statement, okay? <laughs> You're going to have a bad day. I've had a bad day. I've said things that I've had to go back and repent and forgive. Some of us will have a bad week. Other of us will go through a time where we're going to have a bad month. You're going to have a bad month at some point in your life. And sometimes you're going to have a bad year. But can we be a people that sees beyond somebody's bad day or week or month or year and not discount the gold that lies on the inside of each and every one of us? Can we be the miners that go through the process and not just wait until somebody is perfect and shiny to accept them and to promote them? Can we actually partner and come alongside people as Jesus did with his disciples? They were a motley crew. They were a mess, you guys. But Jesus said, I'm choosing you because you're willing to follow me. That was the only prerequisite. The only prerequisite that Jesus gave was, can you follow me? Can you say yes to the process? Can you actually give your life over and not create this facade and the mass like Pastor Ito preached so brilliantly? Can we actually be a people to lean in and not be afraid of some dirt? knowing that there is gold and harvest coming for each and every one of us in its due time. In Ecclesiastes 3, it's, it goes through every single thing. There is a time and a season for it. And I love this scripture. After a time for harvest, a time for planning, a time for mourning, a time for rejoicing, the list goes on and on. I would encourage you to read Ecclesiastes 3. And then it says, he makes everything beautiful in its time. You're going to be made beautiful in God's timing. Not on our timing, in God's timing. And in the meantime, can we continue to see the promise? Can we continue to not leave people or isolate people when all their dirt is showing and it's really messy? I have been through this a lot in my life where I'm presented with opportunities of how I'm gonna handle a relationship. And I'd love to say that I've been brilliant at all of it and I'm here to tell you what to do because I know everything, but I myself am still growing in this and I don't think I'll ever stop growing in it because it's our human nature to want to be right. And the whole idea of an opinion is it's what you think is right. And oftentimes you're probably right, but what do we do with that? What do we do when our opinion is right, when it comes to people and their emotions and their feelings and what God is trying to do? Let's not hijack the process that God is taking people through because we want to be right. And there was a situation a few months ago where I could just see some insecurity. It's nobody at this campus. Don't be like, who's she talking about? <laughs> I could see some insecurity and there was a question presented to me and I responded rightly. I'm like, I'm not feeding that insecurity. But then I actually looked back at what I said in a text and I saw harshness and the Holy Spirit convicted me in that moment. And he said, you got what you wanted, you were right. But what, what did it do to that person? They felt shut down, they felt like, even further in a hole than they already were. 
And I went back and I, I fell on my sword and I said, you know what, I'm so sorry. I want to encourage you in this. Like, this is who you are. Like, I want to be there. I want to be the one to champion you and, and to see all these things happen. And the craziest thing happened, you guys. Just a week later, that person came asking me for wisdom in a vulnerable place. And the Holy Spirit will test you. He will test you. Can I trust you with this person's dirt and mess? How you pray for them, how you talk about them behind closed doors and privately, those are measuring sticks that the Holy Spirit will use as a litmus test to see, can I trust you with this precious person that I see the gold in? I'm looking for somebody. I'm looking for somebody that can mine the gold out and not dig it further into the ground. I want to call us higher today and raise the standard for what it means to be a church family. Because if you're not going through a season where you feel messy, then it's coming for you. It's a part of life. That's what Ecclesiastes says. And so do unto others as, it would, as you want others to treat you. Can we be that people? Point number three, minors see beyond. Minors see beyond. So in 1 Corinthians uh, this is what it says in, ch in chapter 3, verse 10 through 14. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. Somebody say wise. And someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw... Their work will be shown for what it is. That's sobering. How you treat people, at the end of the day, it will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. The scripture is talking about the house of God. The scripture is talking about how we build one another. How we disciple one another. How we spur each other on towards Christ. And it says in the last verse, in verse 14, if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. There's a lot on the line, church family. And I want our reputation to be in our city that we are a people that you can come in however you are and we're gonna pull you higher, but we're not gonna be afraid or reject you when some dirt starts to surface. When God starts surfacing, just like he did for me, a few months ago, he started surfacing things from my childhood, just like Pastor Lori was saying, when God starts surfacing the dirt, it usually means you're in a place to be able to actually accept true healing. And in those moments, when the dirt comes forth, can we celebrate what God is doing? Can we see that, oh my gosh, it is your season for breakthrough. Can you, can't you see? You're about to strike gold. Your, your marriage is about to be fully healed and restored. That friendship that you thought was too far gone, God's going to do a new thing. Can you see it. I see it. Miners can see beyond the present. They can see beyond the dirt. The gold rush didn't happen because all the gold just popped out of the earth. The gold rush happened because somebody was willing to dig. Somebody dug first. Somebody went in and they were like, gosh, I wonder I wonder what could be under here. I wonder if I dug a little bit deeper. I wonder if I could find something that nobody else has ever found before. California, 
We are pioneers. That is our heritage. We are the ones that go and create and, and start things that have never been started before. We're the ones that break generational curses that the past generations didn't even think possible to break. We are the rest, restorers of relationships. We're the ones that see addicts set free. But it's going to take a people like us, like you, sitting in this room today to make a decision that you're going to go after the gold. You're going to go after the gold and see beyond. And when you find yourself covered in dirt, can you just know that you're surrounded by a people committed to seeing the gold come forth? And you're going to be okay. And there's no shame or condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. I actually came across a very short little uh, video clip that I'm going to show you guys. And I think it perfectly portrays what we as a church get to do for people. So if you guys could play this. The meanest and most ruthless fans in sports just did one of the most heartwarming things you'll ever see. And it saved this player's season. Trey Turner is having the worst year of his life. And it hit rock bottom when he went 0 for 5 against the Marlins, dropped his average to the lowest it's been all year, and made an error that cost the Phillies the game. He has been getting booed throughout the season. But after this performance, Philly legend, the Philly captain, made an announcement. Let's not boo Trey Turner. Let's give him a standing ovation every time he comes to bat. The next night, Trey Turner came to the plate and got a massive standing ovation. He responded by hitting an RBI single. The next day, he got even more standing ovations. Turner responded by hitting a bomb. The stadium went crazy and Turner continued to get standing ovations throughout the weekend. He continued to play amazing throughout the weekend and even bought billboards across the city to thank Philly fans. Do you think this fixed Trey Turner? How good is that, you guys? Trey Turner was in his lowest moment of his career. The dirt was everywhere. And people had been booing him. And then they decided, you know what? Let's turn this around. Let's give him a standing ovation every single time he goes up to bat. And the most powerful thing about that clip is the standing ovation came before he performed. The standing ovation came before he proved that he could do it. The standing ovation came when the, the records on the paper said one thing, but they, they were giving him a standing ovation for the promise of what he could do, his potential. If you guys could stand your feet, I want to pray um, as we close the, the service. we're in a season right now where there's a lot of people that could use a standing ovation. There's a lot of people that are very aware of the dirt in their life. They're very aware that they have a journey that they're on. They're very aware of every mistake that they've made. Can we be a church to give them the standing ovation that they deserve? Did you know that Jesus gave you a standing ovation before you were even born. What Jesus did on the cross is perfectly portrayed in that, that baseball clip. He said, you are worth it. You deserve my life. 
You deserve everything before you even made a decision, before you made a good choice or a bad choice. Jesus gave you a standing ovation and now we get to be his church. And we're in a season where we get to make some choices. Are we gonna dig the gold out of people? Are we gonna give people a standing ovation whether or not they deserve it? And I just know that it's gonna break some things off of our region, not just you, but our region. We are living in a time that people need a cheerleader. They need somebody to believe in them no matter what. And I wanna pray, if you just wanna close your eyes, if you are in a season where you need a standing ovation, where you feel discouraged, you feel shame, you feel frustrated, you feel despair, you feel disappointment, you feel hopelessness, can you just raise your hand? Jesus wants to minister to you this morning. And he wants you to know that you're not alone. He wants you to know that you're worth fighting for, you're worth standing up for, that there's gold on the inside of you that is yet to be mined. And if you can just take heart and hold on, so much harvest is coming for you. So Holy Spirit, I pray over every hand lifted in this room right now, I pray that you would meet them where they are at. I pray that you would show them the gold on the inside of them that they are worth fighting for. They're worth journeying through the dirt with. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would break off the lies of the enemy that said that, that they're not worth it, that they're too far gone, that their marriage is too far gone, that their kids are too far gone, that there's no way they're gonna be able to hold down a job, that there's no way that that dream's gonna ever be fulfilled. We rebuke the lies of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus, and we declare that we will be a church that gives people what they deserve, which is not retaliation, it's a standing ovation. So Holy Spirit, I pray over this entire room. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal parts of our heart that need to be mined. I pray that you would reveal parts of our heart that need to be dug. And, and I thank you, God, that we're not gonna be afraid of the mess of relationships. I thank you, God, that we don't have a clean stable. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that abundant harvests are coming for every single family of Awake in Eastlake in the south region of San Diego. I declare a new thing is coming in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Yes, give God a clap. And I do wanna pray, I wanna pray for those of you that, and you know who you are, that need to surrender your life. Just like I, I was sharing earlier, when you try to do everything on your own, you feel really depleted. You feel very exhausted and you feel the opposite of strength because strength only comes through being a Christian, through knowing Christ. So if that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand and give me a wave. If you wanna surrender your entire life, maybe you've gone to church, maybe you've gone to church your whole life. Maybe you've sat in this house for years, but you actually haven't taken the courageous step to surrender your life. Just give me a little wave. This is a church family, this is what we do, all right? And we have the beautiful Rojas and Handsome, beautiful and handsome Rojas, up at the front right here, and they're gonna pray with you. They're gonna give you a Bible. They're gonna show you your next step. But God is so proud of you today. And church, can we, can we just make a little agreement with each other that we're gonna lean in and dig the gold out of each other. We're gonna be gold diggers. And over this next week, you're gonna know because God's gonna test you. He's gonna test you and you're gonna have an opportunity 
to dig some gold out, and we're going to be gold divers. Amen? Gold diggers. All right. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.